Hello, you are very welcome to Pontification, and once again, as your favourite, I am Chase Nova, and as your real favourite, this is... I am Machine Gun Chevrolet McDonald's, the fourth. <laughs> uh, do you need to break down that nickname at all, or are you That's happy not a nickname, just... that's what my mum named me. Sorry, that's what my mom named me. So, so your parents were anti-hippies, basically, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly so like, what I'm trying to impart Hippies here. named their kids Crystal and Heather and Weed, and your parents were like, oh, Chevron. Okay, here's the thing. My parents were not on drugs when they named me, so they gave me good, solid, money-making names. Mm-hmm. That's just fair. I'm game for that. Moving um, swiftly how on, how... Yeah. Oh. No, how was oh. your week, dear? How, how was your... How was my week? My week was mostly waiting around to ask you how your week was, Emma. No, I spent the week stressing as fuck, like everybody else, because the election was mental. Oh, God. Was it? Oh, God. It was awful. I missed We were locked into, like, 4 a.m. tech sessions, weren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty and much, yeah. I, I vividly remember the night before me being like, no, Chase, no, I'm not going to watch it. I can't handle that. Don't keep giving me updates. And then at like five o'clock that morning being like, oh my God, have you seen? Have you seen? Are you watching? It was like that though. Like it yeah. was it was real edge of the seat stuff because of the way the mail-in voting worked. Everyone mm. was like, Republicans are coming out. And they were like, oh shit, he's going to win it. Trump's going to win. Yeah. What do we do? Like, do I sell all my stocks and just give up on having a regular funeral and children? Did you see actually uh, Lyft and Uber, their stock dropped because their workers now have rights. Uh, I didn't see that. I did see that because of one, Biden, and then two, the announcement of the COVID vaccine, that Zoom shares dropped spectacularly. Yeah. <laughs> which which I love. Yeah, that is a good one. And, and your week, besides that? I feel like I had another, I think it's delightfully strange that we're doing the stock market now. Um, I had another one, and I can't remember what it is. Tesla dropped for some very specific reason, but I can't think what it is. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, I know that Musk started talking about simulation theory, and that kind of made a lot of his investors doubt his sanity a little bit. Even though it's Honestly, all a valid school of philosophical thought. but Yeah, I think they should have started doubting his sanity long ago, and I don't think this is the reason why they should have. But yeah, so honestly, my week has been much the same. I had up, 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 up for the elections. And now Joe Biden's been elected and I'm able to unclench my butt for the first time in four years. And it feels weird. Yeah, I did the same thing and a diamond fell out. (laughs) What I want to know is what you were doing with coal to begin with. I didn't start with coal. (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. So... I do. I do know how to respond to that because we've just been talking about one shit, two capitalism, three the stock market. It's time to talk about our sponsors. <gasps> Fantastic. I know. I know. Listeners, you're in for a treat. This week, Pontification is brought to you by used gym equipment. Buying the gym equipment that has clearly failed to make a lifelong habit of fitness for previous owners is sure to be a shining example of the somewhat delusional optimism that we turn to in times of crisis. Use gym equipment. Because someone else's failure is your opportunity. (laughs) Pontification is also brought to you by Clear Urine. Picture the scene. You've lost your job. Your partner has left you. You're hungry and you don't know where the next bills are coming from. With Clear Urine, you can at least congratulate yourself on being better hydrated than your peers. (laughs) Clear Urine. Because transparency is tranquility. (laughs) And, uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about this one. Pontification is brought to you by Unmatched Socks. Your feet are cold and they require a protective layer to fit into your shoes comfortably. Unmatched Socks, because uniformity doesn't always provide comfort to the soul. It's, it's wild to me that you're not an actual dad. Hang on, we have one last sponsor. Oh. And finally, Pontification is brought to you by The Wheel. They told us we couldn't do it again, but we did. We did do it again. Okay? (laughs) Now, I haven't prepared anything for this week's podcast, by the way, but you know what topic we are and we're just going to go for it. So what are we on this week? Uh, So this week we're talking about the US or America, as some people like to call it. The United States of America. The United States, not the continent, but the country. And my thing is to come up with weird things about that country on the spot now, basically. I think so, yeah. I figure you've been glued to US news for the past week. So I have. 
Yeah. I have. And I've, I've, I've taken interest in US history for quite some time. Um, oh, in regards to the presidential election, do you know when and what the shortest concession speech by a presidential candidate was? I don't. Please tell me. Uh, the shortest ever speech was in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. It was by Kanye West. <gasps> and his concession speech was, Welp. No. That was his concession speech. He literally, Welp, and then left. That was it. And he delivered it in person? He delivered it on a stage to like his mates, basically, not like to like a big thing. Honestly, it kind of bothers me that that is going to actually be the accurate record for a long, long time. I'm actually kind of happy with it, to be honest. Like, it's fun to remember those fringe things and it'll be forgotten if we don't. And we need to remember the fact that someone like Kanye West thought they could lead the free world. God, yeah. I just remember on election night seeing, you know, 0.1% of the votes have gone to Kanye West and going, have gone to who? What? Oh, I had completely <laughs> forgotten he was running. Or yeah, I'll be honest, no, I, I, I often forgotten. forget that he exists. Yeah. Sorry, Did you see Kanye. his campaign picture? We can't show that on the podcast for obvious reasons because this is an audio form of art. But his he didn't smile in his campaign picture. You, If you looked at the count zone, it was a picture of Kanye West's face and it looked like a, either a mug shot or like yeah. a really shitty driver's license. Yeah, he looks like a meme of himself. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, another fact. Did you know that one in eight people in America have worked at McDonald's? No. I should know. But simultaneously... One in three people in America are obese, which I kind of think means that one in eight people have passively participated in the poisoning of 2.6 of their friends. <laughs> That's really dark. It's some maths. There's some maths involved. But when you think about it, I mean, it's, it's, it's correlation, not causation. But yeah, I can see how you'd get there. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I feel like hmm. I should kind of mention food deserts. And apply sociological yeah, no. imagination to this. But you know what? Let's, oh, it's all true there. Let's make it's it fun. For McDonald's effect. bad. <laughs> McDonald's bad is a good way to go. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me what the, where or what the highest court in the land is? Look at my face. You know I can't. You probably can. Is it the Supreme Court? That is kind of like the trick right answer, but it's not the correct answer. The Supreme Court is regularly referred to as the highest court in the land, but the, the highest court in the land, as it were, is actually a basketball court that's in the upstairs gym <laughs> of the Supreme Court. No, it isn't. Is it really? Yeah, it was put in place by Justice Byron White and Justice William H. Rehnquist. Um, it is not open to the public. And hilariously, near the end, well, you know the way that like, whenever you see a sign somewhere, like no throwing Frisbees while the dogs are here, it's because someone did something and something bad happened. Mm. So outside the court is the sign that says playing basketball and weightlifting are prohibited while the court is in session. Oh, God. Could you imagine like a Supreme, it could be Roe v. Wade, something with like serious ramifications. You could just hear that squeak of shoes from secondary school. Yeah, Yeah. that that, that Converse style squeak. Now I'm just visualising Ruth Bader Ginsburg in all her elderly glory just playing basketball. She did, she could dunk, there's videos of her doing that in in the film. Again, I don't even know how to, I never know whether you're lying to me. No, there's a film about her and it shows a lot of her keeping fit in the gym and stuff. And yeah, she, she used to play. And she plays basketball. She did basketball a bit. She wasn't brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, mean like, I'm not know. asking her to. <laughs> but then again, like I, I'd give her a decent shot against Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett on the court. Like, Yeah, fair. Uh, my final interesting one is, and this is kind of a quiz thing, I guess, is what is America's most deadly occupation? Sewer cleaner. No, um, and it's funny because statistics vary on this, right? Because they talk about the amount of people dying versus the amount of people, you know, there's tons of different ways of looking at it from different mm-hmm. metrics. Uh, and most people think tree fellers, uh, lumberjacks. Uh, at number four is gator wrestler, which I love, which is weird because that should specifically just be Florida. Yeah, I love that that's an occupation. Like, do they have a union? I mean, they don't have a union to be an occupation. I mean, no, but... I just, I don't feel like we should be holding this up as someone's full-time profession. No. Do you want to know what the deadliest profession actually is? I do. It is the President of the United States. That's a technicality. Well, there's only been 45 of them, and four of them have been assassinated. So that means it has a fatality rate of 9%. Which isn't great, okay. It's pretty, that's a pretty big number. Like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't one U.S. president die of natural causes in office? 
Uh, quite a few of them, but this, these are the ones that have been assassinated. I couldn't tell you the ones that have been assassinated particularly, but like JFK and Abe Lincoln off the top of my head. Yeah. And there are others too, obviously, from before. Was Theodore Roosevelt assassinated? No, he died of natural causes in office, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, and why do I think the FDR died in office? I, I know he just kept running again and again and again. I don't know. I feel like he was also very old in office. I don't know if he was assassinated, maybe. But I know that one of them was poisoned. I couldn't tell you which one. I feel like we should have maybe at least did a quick Google search on one of our phones for, like, cause of death US president before we opened this topic of discussion. I just thought I was giving you a fact and then all of a sudden now I'm being questioned I, on I'm sorry, I've put you on the spot. How dare <laughs> I over-examine your fact? Expose exactly. your lack of homework. <laughs> I didn't do any homework. We discussed this. Okay, so I... I shouldn't be bragging because I actually didn't do very much homework either. Yeah. However, I do have a little list of my personal favourite state laws. Oh, I like a legal challenge. There you go. Um, some of these I love for good reasons and some of them less so. So in the state of Vermont, it is completely illegal for your landlord or your homeowners association to forbid you from erecting a washing line. Hang on, hang on. So it's not illegal to have a washing line. It's forbidden for the government to stop you having a yeah, washing line. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you have the right to bear washing. Which, I saw this and I was like, okay. Like, they can forbid you from having pets. They can forbid you from making noise after certain hours or from painting your house a certain colour. But you are yeah. allowed to have a washing line if you want one. And the reason is actually lovely when you get into it. Because the way they've phrased it is, washing lines or other energy devices based on renewable resources. They live longer with Calgon, yeah. Yeah, so basically the state of Vermont's attitude is, you know, wind is for everyone, the sun is for everyone, don't try and get in between people and that. That's fair, I like that. I, just yeah. be careful though, we should clarify that you don't actually have the right to bear wash, because <laughs> you know that some lawyer will interpret that as it's okay to just wash your bear in the street with public <laughs> resources. Okay, so another one that is actually based entirely on phrasing mm-hmm. is in the state of Utah... It is illegal to cause a catastrophe. <laughs> End of law. What? What? Is, has, this, has this been like... Yes, been they do. They do yeah. define it further, thankfully. I think they'd have to, wouldn't they? Um, and honestly, the definition at that point, you're like, okay, that's, that's a fair and reasonable law. Because the state of Utah defines a catastrophe as an event causing widespread injury or damage using weapons of mass destruction, fire, flood, avalanche, or a building collapse. I mean, I'm just going to put this on. This, you actually could accomplish a catastrophe by those standards, mm-hmm. by putting 12 geese in a room and starting a fire. This is the problem. Yeah. Like, if I have a bad accident on my farm, do I have to go to prison for causing a catastrophe? Or do I just, you know, collect my insurance money? Well, now, to be fair, I think you have to be, you know, killing other people. It does say widespread injury or damage. I suppose, no, damage is, damage isn't necessarily yeah. people. No, damage is like someone, like, a, a, a cow shit on your lawn. That's damage to yeah. your property. Yeah. God, when you dig into this one, you can't do anything fun in Utah. Yeah, I'm just thinking, when you said that, Utah, obviously, like, they're obviously kind of dry shites. Because, like, you know, that that's a catastrophe to them is like a night out in Carlo. Exactly. Now, you want dry shites. Let me tell you about the dry shites in Oregon. Oh, yeah, okay. And this one's only so interesting because do bear in mind and visualize that Portland, famous for being full of, like, hippies and hipsters and mad types, is in the state of Oregon. It is illegal to practice occult arts. Um, yeah. I mean, that is kind of Salem's in Oregon, isn't it? I think so, yeah. No, At least one of them. Sa- there is a Salem in Oregon. There's another one in Massachusetts. I'm going to be serious. I don't know which is which. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, yes, Salem, see. Massachusetts is the one that famously, like, burnt their the innocent women. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, okay, when they say the occult arts, could that mean, like, you know... Because, I mean, the occult arts going back, if you get to the 16th, 17th century, like the occult arts is like Hinduism. Yeah. So they do offer a definition if you want clarity. Okay. Please, yes. So occult arts says here it includes fortune telling, astrology, phrenology, palmistry, clairvoyance, mesmerism, spiritualism, or other practices recognized to be unsound, unscientific, 
whereby a pretense, sorry, whereby a pretense is made. So basically, you can't be pretentious, yeah. and you can't be mesmerizing, which, quite frankly, are the only two things I be. <laughs> I I was going to say I knew a, clair, a clairvoyant um, in Oregon, in, in because that's risky business. Uh, it is no in Limerick. Uh, he had like a telescope set up next to his window, mm. and his neighbor's name was Claire. <laughs> So that, I think, did he ever propose marriage to Claire? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. Why? Okay, well, good. Because in the state of South Carolina, it is absolutely forbidden to use marriage or the promise of marriage to seduce a previously unmarried woman. Which is so funny because that's like the most common movie trope of the 30s and 40s. Now, I should actually say that law was repealed in 2016. So now it's okay. But there was nearly a hundred solid years where if you went, here, give us a go and I'll marry you. I'll put a ring on that if you, like, if you come home with me. I'll put a ring on that if you put your ring on me. What did you just say? <laughs> In the state of Washington, mm-hmm. you can't hunt Bigfoot. I mean, you can, but you're not allowed. Is it okay to like take a picture yeah. of him and like shake? Yeah, his absolutely. Or, you can you go him? around with him. You can stalk Bigfoot if you want to, but they specified the slaying of Bigfoot is punishable by five years in prison. The, the slaying. slaying. So specifically, because hunting yeah, doesn't mean killing. That's hunting true. Hunting can just mean capturing. So is it okay to capture him? I I would think so. Yeah. I assume Bigfoot is a he. I if don't I know. were the defense attorney in this case, I okay. would certainly say that it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can't kill Bigfoot. Which I just, I just love because it rests so heavily yeah. on the idea of someone being able to find Bigfoot in order to kill him. Or imagine if you were serving time for it and then they finally proved that Bigfoot didn't exist. But you accidentally told them you were hunting Bigfoot <laughs> before they well, confirmed it's Well, slaying Bigfoot. <gasps> and then you had to go to When jail. we start a prog rock band, can we call it Slaying Bigfoot? And then our Christmas album can be called Slaying Bigfoot. Oh my God, I love it. Let's do that now. We're, Cancel we're, the podcast. We're, we're a band. No, we're doing the, We're here now. We're here now. We're doing this podcast. Okay, fine. Uh, it's a spin-off other, project. It's, it's a spin-off. Have you got any other facts for us? Or are we, are we I have no to... more laws, but I want to keep talking. You know how I feel about the sound of my own voice. So, I had no laws from the great state of Ohio, but I do have some fine place names from the great state of Ohio. Is, are they call, is that like a slogan or are they actually a great state? Because all I know about Ohio is like, like farms. I don't know. I've always heard it as the great state of Ohio. I think that's how they like to refer to themselves. But they say that about every state. It, it can't I mean, all be the great state of whatever. I'm from Wexford and we constantly refer to ourselves as the model county, but I don't know why. And I also won't yeah, let Docker, it go. The town. Like yeah, there's the other town. towns. Yeah. It's well, I like the, the the great the great state of Michigan, mm. the the wonderful state of Illinois, the eh, state of Georgia, yeah. the surprisingly okay state of Maine. The it exists, isn't that enough? State of West Virginia. Oh, I like that. I like West Virginia. Oh, good to know. So the roads there are lovely. Ohio contains such sparkling towns. You know what? Let's do it. Such great towns as mm. Helltown. I like Helltown, that's nice. Coolsville. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, if I was, because I know the kind of guy I was at 17, 18, like, just got my driver's license, taking the girl on a date, you drive over to Coolsville, <laughs> get out of the car, and you're like, welcome to Coolsville, population <laughs> you. Honestly, my one is, I want to turn 18 and storm it at my parents' house and be like, I'm hitting the road, daddy-o, I'm going straight to Coolsville. <laughs> There's also, if you're not that confident in yourself, and you're not, you're not sure if you've hit full cool status yet, you can stop off in Guysville. Like, ah, eh, there's, I'm a guy. there's Coolsville neighbouring Guysville, and is there like a Venn diagram of guys who are both cool and guys? I don't know. I didn't bring a map. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Neither did I. Another good place name in Ohio is Mexico. Mexico, Ohio. That makes sense, yeah. Which, I see it, but it still just looks weird written down. That's what Trump meant by the wall. It's actually all been a great misunderstanding. Oh. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a girl there who rejected him in high school. <laughs> so he's just planning <laughs> he's a building. Yeah, well, you know, he, he tried to ask her out after trying to pay her to take the SATs for him. <laughs> and then it just didn't work out. So now he's trying to build a wall around Mexico. 
I'm gonna be honest, that it does sound pretty in keeping with everything else I know about him. It's gonna be upsetting when we can't just make outlandish jokes in January anymore because the president is insane crazy shit. I mean, I feel like we can still take the pee out of Trump forever, we just can't call him the president. True, true. Of America. He's gonna be former President Trump for the rest of his life, though. What he would be a good president of is the town of Crooksville, Ohio. Not bad. Is Nixon from there? I assume so. Oh, no, he was not a Crooksville. However, my very favourite in all of the US, my very favourite town name is the small town of Joe's, Colorado. Now, is that Joe's J-O-E-S or J-O-E apostrophe S? J-O-E-S. Okay. Joe's. What's what's the story with Joe's? Joe's. So, now, before I start talking, bear in mind, like, try to picture Joe's appropriately, because as of 2019, their total population was 79 people. Right. So, like, I'm not talking about a big city here. I'm talking about the kind of place you drive through and not notice. But in 1912, they very proudly hit a population of 30 and suddenly warranted their own post office. Good for them. Up until then, like, it wasn't a town. It was just, you know, a settlement. It was just 29 people chilling in a field. So... They called a meeting, all 30 of them got together and said, right, you know, we're, if we're going to open a post office, we have to name the town. We have to get serious about this. Our project has gotten out of hand. What do we call it? And I love this. Every single person in attendance, they all voted for their own names. And the majority of them were named Joe. Yeah, there were three different people in the town at the time named Joe. So... Like, that one, kind of by default, and they named the town Three Joes. Three Joes, Colorado. And, and first of all, what year was this, did you say? Oh, sorry, in 1912. Right, so it's, it's, we're, we're talking around the time of the Rising. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um, and, like, that's not that long ago, all things considered. No. And the idea that, like, oh, their name of the town is like, well, it's going to be named after me. I'm the most Absolutely. important thing here. Like this and that is the most American thing I've ever heard. Could not agree more. This was like <laughs> so individualistic. In or about a hundred years ago, and people, yeah, at that time were like, "It's my town." <laughs> I don't know if you went to Waterford between two thousand and seven or two thousand and fifteen ish, but there are some people listening who are from Waterford, and they're going, "Oh, my town." Is there a place called Joe and No? In there well? used to no? be a man named My Town. <laughs> it's a different. It's a different story. So they named it Three Joes, Colorado. But then, one of the Joes died. So they had to rename it just Joes, Colorado. I would have have thought what they should have done is put in like a competition. So it's like a Deadpool. You've got three Joes, then two Joes, and whoever's the last Joe gets to call it like Joe McCormick. Joe Mitchell. I don't know, that seems a bit wordy. Imagine having to send a letter to Joe Mitchell, Colorado. Joe Mitchell... Joe Mitchell's town, Colorado. Joe Mitchell, USA. number one, Joe Mitchell Avenue. Well, hang on. We didn't see we were named streets. You took that upon yourself. I think I should be given that power. If, if this town has 79 people, they haven't got that many streets. They've got one That's road, true. probably. Yeah, it is probably a street. Yeah, and it's probably called James's Road because they had a vote and Joe was dead by then. <laughs> I mean, probably. It's been 100 years. Now, I have one more little tidbit. Sure. Let's hear it. And then I have, actually, I, I really did do my homework. I have one more tidbit and then I have a bit of a list for you again. The best <laughs> or maybe worst state bird, again, depending on perspective, either the best or the worst state bird to have is the northern cardinal. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a northern cardinal, but they are beautiful. They're like bright red. They've got this big mohawk. They're very fancy. The difficulty is, so fancy are they that seven out of 50 states have the same state bird. Northern Cardinal is the state bird for Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, North Carolina, Ohio, regular Virginia and West Virginia. And I think they fight over sports teams and like you never hear anything about this. They're like, There is oh, a yeah. team called the Cardinals. I don't know. Like that has to have been a bloodbath to see who got that name. Mm. So yeah, I thought that was sweet. And now... I guess because it's been election week 
And I've been quite hung up on like the artifacts of the election, like the buttons that people will wear and the the bumper stickers and stuff. Partially because someone in my town posted on Facebook, 5,000 Trump won, get over it, bumper stickers the day after they elected Biden. He was like, I'll sell you the whole box for 10 euro. I just want to get rid of them. This does actually remind me that six months ago, Trump started selling a T-shirt at his rallies. This is obviously before he knew that he was lost, even though we don't know if he still knows if he's lost. And it was just a T-shirt that said, Trump 2020, fuck your feelings. (laughs) Oh my God. And I actually, it's so funny because like... sexually or... This is why I thought it was so cool is because like, if you're a Republican, when you say fuck your feelings, it means I don't care about your feelings. But if you were like a progressive person, you're probably saying fuck your feelings as in like, you know... Don't let your feelings control you. You've got this. It's motivational on the one hand. (laughs) I feel like we're supposed to do embrace your feelings, not fuck your feelings, right? Have I been getting it wrong? Make love to your feelings, everybody. Make love to your feelings. Yeah, just reach inside yourself and anyway. (laughs) So... Yes, some election memorabilia, please. What do you got Absolutely. So, in the year 1884, Mm -hmm. there was a flyer that circulated that was just a comparison of the candidates' skulls. Oh, is that like a phrenology thing? Yeah. Oh, that's Which is forbidden up. in Oregon, so in 49 yeah. states, or however many they had back then. Yeah, they circulated an analysis of the head size of both candidates, I think to determine who they thought was smarter or going to be more successful. Um, which seems like a really bad way to measure a president's potential success until you consider that they were probably just riding the coattails of, in the year 1860, the American Astrology Journal. <laughs> pub- <laughs> yeah, they published detailed birth charts for both candidates. And people were at home, like, pouring over, oh, you know, he was born under Mercury rising... Virgo, Moon, I I don't really know. Like, oh yes, the stars were all aligned at the time of his birth to make him a good president. Anyway, yeah. Um, another one, I kind of, this is weird, but I kind of want to root through eBay and get one of these. In 1952, uh-huh. both Dwight Eisenhower and Adlai Stevenson had competing cigarette packets. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Which is cool. only as bad as Nixon's bubblegum cigars for children. <laughs> but yeah, you can you can check them out online. They still exist. There's a handful of them like circulating amongst collectors. Just a box, well, no, like a paper packet, to be fair, of smokes with your preferred presidential candidate's face on it. And the other one that I kind of want one of these to show off to my friends is a hood ornament. Throughout the 1920s, instead of bumper stickers, yeah, they had full-blown metal statues. They had hood ornaments. I think it'd be really cool because I know there was, you know, Jaguars. Mm. They had to get rid of their little Jaguar that points off the thing because it was a fatality thing. If you got hit by it, it would kill you. Mm. And I'd be like, how amazing would it be if, like, you got run over crossing a crosswalk (laughs) and you wake up in hospital as like, yes, we were able to save all of your internal bleeding but you have an imprint of, like, Richard Nixon on your asshole. <laughs> and, and, and for the rest of your life, you have to know that, like, uh, he's down there, he's watching me. <laughs> I want to be the person who goes through the airport and, like, my abdomen sets off the scanner and they're like, you know, what do you have on you? And I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a small Trump in my abdomen. <laughs> they're like, sorry? There's a, there's a small metal Trump. Can, can we go somewhere in private? Yeah, there's an imprint of Donald Trump in my pubis and my pubes are his hair. And it's just his face is there. <laughs> but yeah, so honestly, I'm, I'm going to call it. It makes, yeah. I, I find it comforting that all of this really genuinely stupid election memorabilia exists. Because I've been worried that, you know, this election, the last election and uh, a handful of them in my memory have gotten like progressively more of a circus and I think weirder and less, I'm going to say classy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, but one of them is that like, this is the most money we've ever had spent on an election and it's gotten progressively larger, but but it's not necessarily that it's more of a circus. It's that it costs more because you have to pay for so much cameras and coverage and lights and Mm. fireworks and all this sort of stuff. But in terms of like, you know, mudslinging and, 
horribleness. It's it's always been this bad. And that is the research I did for this week. The wee bit of homework I did. I know. Um, I'm going to be honest, this is going to be a tough sell to me. It's always been this bad seems like a weird sentence to lead with. Well, I actually, I cover a bit of both of it, but I'll give you some background to this. This is the 1800s election, which had the same candidates as the uh, 1796 election. They ran again, which never happens in modern years. But just a bit of background, uh, like everyone's kind of up on American politics these days. You all know about the Democratic and the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Democrats traditionally more liberal and progressive and the Republicans not. Uh, but it didn't really exist back then. Like back then, you had what was called the Federalist Party and the Democratic Republican Party. Um, so at the time, the outgoing president of 1796, George Washington, had the following to say about this party system because George Washington was elected just unanimously because he was a war hero. They were like, "You're going to be our first president," and he went down. Um, and here's what he had to say about the the system of party politics, which I think rings true today, yeah. is they serve to organize faction, to give it an artificial and extraordinary force, to put in the place of the delegated will of the nation, mm-hmm. the will of the party, often a small but artful and enterprising minority of the community. He said in his farewell address, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. Washington, smart dude. I mean, he's tons of stuff wrong with him, but like Jesus, he had he had forethought. Oh, spot on. But anyway, to get back to the 1796 election, just because yeah. I thought that was an interesting tidbit. Uh, the Federalist Party was founded by New York Broadway sensation Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> uh, obviously, in that Alexander Hamilton is who founded the Federalist Party. Yes. Oh, really? How jolly. But the Abrahams election was the last election they stood for. Um, and suffice to summarize this, the Federalists wanted a national government that remained sovereign from foreign nations, but powerful enough to set federal laws. The Democratic Republicans wanted to leave the federal government with little influence in individual states and have state-level legislation govern internal state processes. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's actually also very similar today because the Federalists dominated the Democratic East Coast and what would be, or the, the whatever, and the Democratic Republicans are more rural outside the modern blue wall, you know, across Pennsylvania and so on. Um, and a lot of their funding came from, of course, Southern plantation owners. Oh, of course it did. And this is very relevant to how the Electoral College works now a little bit, because there was, legally speaking, a lesser population in the southern states at the time. Uh, But constitutional protections for the institution of slavery altered the political calculus in those presidential elections, because they came up with the three-fifths rule, which was that each slave that was living on the plantations counted as three-fifths of a person, which upped the population and allowed them, even though they didn't get a chance to vote, obviously, because... Yeah, that's... That's especially fucking unfair, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, you don't have a choice in this, but my I want God. to count my slaves so that I can get more of a say in what goes on in the federal government. That was their plan. How vicious. This is the thing. Well, this happens now, kind so of. So at that point, because, yeah, I suppose, because you're not obviously allowing these people to vote, it is. it literally becomes, I own so many people that I should have more of a say. But, I mean, arguably, when you look at the concept of gerrymandering, isn't that kind of what happens now? It's like, I could have a... Not by the same mechanics, Chase, not to by be the, fair. Not by the same mechanics, but think of it this way. It's like, say you have, and they've shown you can do this regularly, a full district run by a Republican senator who's gerrymandered mm-hmm. the district, and even though the majority of the population is non-white voters, black, Latino, mm-hmm. and they mark the whole thing up so that Republicans win the majority of the seats and Republicans maintain power even though their votes counted for nothing. Is that not the same thing? It's not the same thing, but... Yeah, I mean, the two are closely, closely related. I'll give you that. And I call that one point to how the election was still similar to the one today. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, the big divide between the Federalists and the Democratic Republicans was that, basically, the Democratic Republicans thought that the Federalists were slaves to England, and the Federalists were basically just saying that they shouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater. They don't throw out all of the British laws they had because there was some fine stuff and it didn't need to be rewritten. In the end, the Democratic Republicans nominated, you will have heard this name, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Hamilton's Federalist Party backed John Adams and the race was on for what was the beginning of modern day bad politics. Both candidates suffered severe personal attacks. Adams for his perceived lack of masculine virtues and Jefferson for rumours that he had fathered children with one of his slaves. I'm already offended. Yeah. Please go on. I mean, the fact that he was accused of it and 
eh, reasonably we could say probably did it. I have no evidence to back that up, but it sounds believable. I did read, like, through historians later after researching this, that, like, roughly, like, five illegitimate children were his, that he had with his slaves. They're, well, I'm glad I believed it then. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not fine, but I want to hear more about a man who wasn't considered manly enough for presidency. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Donald Trump. Um, exactly. Well, this is my point. You know, we got during the 2015 Republican primaries, you know, Marco Rubio says, well, Trump has small hands. I wonder what else is small. <laughs> like that was on a live stage in 2015. That's five years ago. Yeah. And even two years ago, Biden was criticizing him saying like, oh, well, if you said that about my sister, I'd take him around the back of the bike shed and beat him <laughs> up. Like this is the kind of shit we're dealing with today. Whereas at least I argue in these days, their insults had at least a bit of like, linguistic clout for lack of a better term um okay so you can call someone a small dick if you put a flourish on it did i just say call someone a small dick i apologize you can accuse someone of having a small dick well you could say his phallus is proportionate to his compassion for the people he will be unable to please them or satisfy them in any way see like that at least same insult but it's it's better word i mean is clever body shaming not still body shaming (laughs) I'm not categorizing this as body shaming because the concept didn't exist at this point, as you're about to hear. Jefferson's labeled Adams a blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who is a hideous, hermaphroditic character with neither the force or fitness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. Oh my God. He didn't even, like, he couldn't even go, he's effeminate. He was like, no, he hasn't even got that going for him. That's vile. Uh, so Adams Camp referred to Jefferson as, I have to admit, feel sorry for Adams a little bit. He called Jefferson a mean-spirited, low-lived fellow. Oh, I do feel, I feel really bad for Adams now because that is a little bit like, yeah, well, I don't like you. He's like, yeah, well, he's not nice because he said that I was a hermaphrodite. <laughs> Uh, Jefferson Jefferson hired a sleazy journalist named James Callender, no relation to the invention of the calendar, of course, to smear Adams in the press, including the false story that he wanted to start a war with France. Uh, Now, this I love. On October 9th, 1796, a mysterious editorial from a writer named Phocion, P-H-O-C-I-O-N, appeared in the Gazette in the United States, a popular uh, Federalist newspaper in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, of course, very crucial in this recent election, just to show that Mm -hmm. the the battlegrounds were still the same. Phocion said, in terms of this by most readers, that presidential candidate Jefferson was having an affair with one of his female slaves. He also accused Jefferson of running away with British troops during the revolution, unlike his brave friend, Alexander Hamilton. Phocion also paid compliment after compliment to Adams and claimed Jefferson would emancipate all slaves if he was elected president. Which we know did not happen. It didn't. And just as a fun story, Phocion historically has been proven to be Alexander Hamilton. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it was him. He just really? wrote... Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, America, no. This is what they do. Fake news. Fake news penned by people with interest in politics and elections. It's all been the same forever. Um, and this was, what was this, the year 1800? We're still at 1796. This is the election beforehand. 1796. But this so is, this is more than 200 years ago. Yes, thereabouts. Adams was accused of wanting to be a king and starting a dynasty by having his, his son succeeded as president. I love this. You and I have very different statutes on fat shaming in that you think never is a good time to fat shame. Correct. And I think if a person is an asshole and they're insecure about their fat, I can then throw that at them and that's my justification. We disagree on that and we're comfortable with that disagreement, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But you'll have to admire just the poetic in that in terms of fat shaming insults, this is, a, this is brilliant. Uh, Jefferson accused Adams of being overweight and he was given the nickname His Rotundity. Oh. <laughs> that was in the press. Why was Thomas Jefferson such a dick? Because he was part of the he was part of what became the modern Republican Party. This is the thing they're all about. Oh my god. But this is the the play on it. Like the Dem Republicans, they're called that, but they're not Democrats. They're Republicans. They no. want individual yep. state controls because it looks after number one. They're all very individualistic. Mm-hmm. And that is the formation of the modern Republican Party. Adams people, uh, Adams actually got into the mud himself. Adams people said Jefferson would openly promote prostitution, incest, and adultery. Um, the 1800 race ended in a tie fueled by deeply partisan tactics and more plotting by Adams, Hamilton, Jefferson, and Burr. 
Jefferson was chosen over Burr in the House runoff election after Hamilton decided to support the man he once rallied against as Phocian. Mm-hmm. Hamilton responded with a published diatribe against his former Bosch, which doomed the Federalist chances and ruined any further upward political aspirations for the U.S. Treasury Secretary. This was actually in the musical. And it's a scene okay. where uh, Hamilton stands up and goes, sit down, John, you fat mother. Beep. That's, that's the moment that this yep. is represented as. Um, so this kind of elevated Adam Burr, Jefferson's vice president's election, into a de facto tie with Jefferson. Um, the election was thrown into the House of Representatives. There, a stop Jefferson movement, because he was seen by opponents as tied to potential mob rule and in support of the French, failed, eventually leading to the election of Thomas Jefferson and America's third president. All in all, I got this quote from a modern historical article. It said, all in all, it was a not-so-tidy process, known more for its political machinations than for its sober debates over the great issues of the day. The result was the passage of the 12th Amendment, which changed the original presidential voting system passed in 1787 to eliminate the two-vote system. It was ratified in June 1804, just a month before Burr killed Hamilton and their famous duel. That, honestly, you could knock me down. <laughs> I, it's, it's not that far off, though, is it? I mean, I have a little... No, but again, like, much like how I find cigarette packets with presidents' faces on them kind of comforting hmm. to the era of weird bumper stickers, I find it kind of comforting that they had fake news, they had body shaming and wild accusations, and also that, much like with the modern-day presidency, you can be accused of harbouring prostitutes and paying off porn stars and such, but people aren't really going to take any heed. They're like, oh, well, I would do that anyway. That's what I'd do if I had the power. If a man is to be judged for being a sexual deviant and misogynist, then we will have no president. (laughs) You know. Yeah, no, it's exactly it. I actually, I found myself like having a little sort of um, an inner weep at the end of it because it's really truly upsetting to think that like we haven't come any further in our election behavior since god yeah but at the same time like it's kind of comforting like we've all grown up like me and you especially like grew up in like mm. the 90s and the early noughties and like we've grown up in relative peacetime thinking that trump and right-wing politics are kind of like a unicorn in the modern world but like this is just over 200 years ago and it's been always been madness and chaos and dick jokes and like should we strive for better fuck yeah but should we be upset that we haven't achieved it yet like no also like i find myself making this point more and more and more often lately america's not that old no it's it's a it, there's actually a joke well, about the it. usa obviously america has been there for a long time but the usa is not that old hmm. they kind of are still teething I mean, not that we're any better in Ireland. Have but, you ever heard the joke know. about America before? I've heard many jokes about America. Tell me one now. <laughs> What's the difference between a yogurt and the United States of America? I don't know. If you leave a yogurt alone for 200 years, it will develop a culture. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I quite like that. Well done. It's a good... I, I didn't make it up. I'm not sure where I got it, but it's a good one. Um... So we've covered that. I think you said you had a little game to play with me in a kind of I, jigsaw kind of way. I do. I have a little challenge for okay. you. I've been avoiding giving you any other information because, quite frankly, it would have been incredibly easy for you to go and seek out the right answers. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a screenshot that circulates every so often from a 1994 video game made by Super Famicom of Japan okay. called Fighting Baseball. I haven't played it, but... You're missing out, buddy. Um, What's so amusing about fighting baseball is that they had to make up fake names for an entire roster of American baseball players. I have seen that screenshot. Yes, I have. And they're like Brandon Hamburger and shit like that. (laughs) Yes. So it's just what Japanese people think Americans are called. Fair enough, yeah. So I have a handful of them in front of me. What I also have is a handful of real names of real American baseball players. I'm so for this. And I'm going to let you guess in kind of a true or false format. Okay. Right. Real or fake? Onsen Sweemi. Fake. That is fake. Well done. Thank you. Okay. Real or fake? Daryl Archideld. Real. Fake. Ah, Archideld. Yeah. Me. If you'd have said strawberry, okay. I would have been totally stumped. 
<laughs> that is a real one. Good for you, Chase. You're learning sports. Stickball. We'll make a manly presidential type out of you yet. Not with these hands, you won't. Real or fake? Zealous Wheeler. It's got to be real. It is real. Yes. <laughs> Zealous Wheeler. What a what a terrible name. I like Zealous as a name, actually. Here comes one that I think might stomp you. Might stomp you. Mm-hmm. Rusty Cunts. <laughs> That's Rusty, or U-S-T-Y, Cunts, K-U-N-T-Z. That's his name. Real. It's real. Yes. Rusty Cunts, <laughs> a real man with a real name. Um, let's have Willie Dustus. Fake. Very fake. Well okay, done. Okay, okay. Rocco Kersnitch. It, it's, One more time. Rocco Kersnitch. It's, it's, it's so, it actually sounds okay if you say it quickly, like, oh, Rocco Kersnitch. Okay, I'm going to spell it for you. Rocco, spelled the way you'd expect. Yeah. And then K-R-S-N-I-C-H. Kersnitch. Is it, is it, it could be real. It's fake though, is it? No, it's real. Bollocks, damn it. Shouldn't have second guessed yourself. I know, I know. Sorry. Johnny Dickshot? Uh, real. Johnny Dickshot was a real man and he really played baseball and his name was really Johnny Dickshot. Here's one that would have stumped me, I think. Okay. Glenn Allen Mixon. It's fake. It's fake. Yeah. You're better at this than I thought you'd be. Tony Suck? Is that a question? <laughs> Could be. Does, does Tony suck? Does he? Um, it'd, be, it'd be good in the newspapers if he had bad games. Like, Tony suck! Exclamation mark. Um, I'm going to say real. Is that wishful thinking or is that something that you believe? I meant like due to his sports performance, but if you want to go down that route. Um, no, yes, you're right. Tony suck was a real player. Okay. And here's your last one. Roy McSriff. Uh, oh, that's so... Oh, oh I apologise. I am I read it wrong. It's Ray McSriff. Ray McSriff. See, that sounds like it could be a real name, but also McSriff just sounds wrong. I'm going to say it's true, just as a guess. That's a fake one. Bam it! How'd so, I do? Actually, not bad. You got three wrong out of nine. That's pretty good. That's, um... That's... Six out of nine is not terrible. Like, I'm going to give you a C. Oh, yeah, cool. Six out of nine is... You know what? I'm going to give you a C plus. You get points for enthusiasm. Yay! You said enthusiastically. A good sportsmanship award. (laughs) Um, I think we're running low on time. Let me just check here. Yes, we are getting close to the end. I know I'm running low on notes, so... (laughs) I'm just a bit out. I've got one page left, uh, which is our final words. Emma, thank you so much for indulging in this with me. That was so much fun for me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here, as always. I'm going to leave them with a final note, if that's okay with you, Emma. Do I have your permission to give a final note? Did you eat your vegetables? I had, like, this many. Did you finish all your dinner? Yes. Did you? Most of it. Go on, do most of your monologue, so. Okay. So, another episode done. And we wined and dined on many of the low-hanging fruit that America has to offer. I personally love nothing more than to poke further fun at the country, but to my deepest disappointment, the results of the 2020 election were announced as I was writing these final notes. Who won? The old white man. Who lost? The old white man. I predict we're about to see as much change as I saw when I attempted jogging for a week, but why should I pretend I know any better? Surely the optimism caused by the ousting of Donald Trump, a man whose rotund appearance is deeply paradoxical to both his level of jolliness and compassion for children, is something to be celebrated. But much like the defendant who's just heard he's innocent on his third charge out of four murders, I'm withholding my screams of joy for the time being. I initially approached the US election results with the same precautions as I would a difficult bowel movement. I kept a mobile nearby so I could turn to the internet made sure I had provisions to wash my hands afterwards, and I accepted that, in some cases, victory doesn't mean finishing the job. It's sometimes just about clearing out the troublesome figures causing your immediate distress, and then having another go at success in the morning. Biden won this campaign by simply not being Donald Trump, and that's not a bad thing. The American people voted in record numbers, and this may be the most accurate representation of the voting public we've seen in over a hundred years. 
Now, maybe the more progressive candidates can use that information to form more effective campaign strategies in small-town America, but I imagine they'll retain as much information from this election as I retained from my misguided experimentation with Rehypnol as a sleep aid in 2013. As much as it was effective, I never remembered if it worked, and so I'd try again, and then I'd forget if it worked, and then I'd try again, and so on and so forth, until the personally historic event known as The Missing Autumn became a fundamental part of my own life story. But what's next for Trump? Who knows? Maybe he'll continue to entertain his base with ramblings through some sort of media channel. Maybe we'll have a Trump TV station pop up over the coming years, broadcasting 24-7 live feeds of Donald Trump talking into a camera like like a drunk teenage boy talking to uncomfortable girls at the rugby club disco. (laughs) Maybe, with this newfound distraction, Melania can finally escape and live the quiet life she's always wanted. A top men crumpet, overlooking Whoville where she can devise her plot to end Christmas once and for all. (laughs) This plotting won't last long, of course, because the federally relocated Ivanka Lou Who will eventually visit her and show her the true meaning of Christmas by gifting her the ashes of her recently deceased yoga instructor. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact that I'm not happy about this result, but I'm not sad either. Much like a child at Disneyland, I'm eager and excited, but... Much like that same child that loses an arm on Space Mountain, I'm also frightened and traumatised and unsure when best to initiate a high five. (laughs) (laughs) But for the time being, we've made it through the Trump presidency. And much like the decision-making process of my 19-year-old self, it is time to vigorously wank ourselves off until we reach an emotional and satisfactory climax. In a flurry of flapping genitals and sore wrists, we can finally expel the stress and anxiety we've held inside for three these past four years. (laughs) Sorry. We can finally expel the stress and anxiety we've held inside for these past four years. And this is not just an exercise in mindfulness. It's an exercise in achieving world peace. (laughs) Because it is only in the post-wank refractory period that we can achieve the mental clarity needed to ensure something this tragic never happens again. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week.